Hello, this is Mike Van Meter from the Van Meter Wellness Solutions, and I want to introduce you today to Lily, who's going to talk to us about the al family programs. We are all familiar with the famous 12 Steps of Recovery, which originated with Bill Wilson, Dr. Bob Smith, and Alcoholics Anonymous in the mid-1930s. But what's often not talked about in recovery circles or with the general public is Al-Anon and the associated Anons. They originated out of that whole movement. So today, we're going to have Lily talk to us about what brought her to the Al-Anon program. So with that, I'm going to introduce you to Lily. Hey, Mike. Thanks for having me. So I went to my first Al-Anon meeting back in 2004. And at that time, I had two small children, age four and seven. And if someone were to ask me, why did I start going when I had kids when, I, when they reached the age of four and seven? If I were to look back in time, it's because that was the time where I just simply had enough. I was married by that time since 1989. And so, so by that time, I had been married for 13 years. And I had seen the progression in my husband's drinking all that time. But it came to a head because by that time, I had lost a lot of my friends. We used to have families meeting at our homes, family gatherings, friend friend gatherings. And by that time, I, I noticed that as my husband's drinking progressed, we started to, he started to isolate himself from a lot of our friends. And in fact, wanted me to isolate from a lot of my friends as well. So I started getting really lonely. Now, leading up to this time, I had had 10 years of military service. I had given up my career. I had become a stay-at-home mom. And we're living in Texas at that time. And so five years had gone by. I'm still a stay-at-home mom. And life is not going according to the way I thought it was going to be. So I've got the two kids. And I'm in a lull in a very low valley point in my life. So I'm looking at my husband thinking, wow, he's really getting worse in his addiction. Now, at this time, I didn't know anything about Al-Anon or, or AA. But what was going on around that time in that past year was my father-in-law was really worried about my mother-in-law. And he had given us a couple of books. One was a book called Intervention. And I can't remember who the author was. But my father-in-law basically wanted to do an intervention on his wife. And my husband at the time didn't want to. I mean, he was really more supportive of his own mother because of the issues that were going on in their family. And so he really wanted my father-in-law to just back off and let her be. But it was at that time that I started reading a lot of books about alcoholism. And then even though we're worried about my mother-in-law, I'm starting to make an association between her and my own husband. So she's progressing in her disease and I'm starting it's starting to dawn on me that I'm seeing the progression in his disease. So I started doing a lot of research online even even though I was reading the intervention book, I started reading other things online and I would you know I would google why does my husband drink so much. And so what I ended up finding was Alcoholics Anonymous. But when I went on the Alcoholics Anonymous website I stumbled on a link on Al-Anon family groups. So I actually clicked on that and I had no idea there was a whole entire world for families of alcoholics and and that there were support groups out there. So I actually went um, to the Al-Anon family group website. They actually had some meetings that were online. I actually went to my first meeting online 
and join one. And it was more like a chat kind of meeting. It, it really wasn't effective for me. And then so I ended up looking as, and trying to see if there were any meetings in the local area. Now, I would say maybe a couple of weeks went by, tried out a few more online meetings, but then I realized it just wasn't for me. I started searching for the online meet, the online meetings, but the in-person meetings. And then it so happened that there was a meeting no more than about 15 miles, uh, I'm sorry, 15 minutes from our house. I waited maybe a couple of more weeks because I, I was really afraid. The profession that my husband had was one that he didn't, well, number one, he didn't want me to share with anyone that he had a problem with alcoholism or a problem with drinking, much less have me let anyone else know that he had a problem with drinking. So I felt trapped as far as getting help for myself, but it came to a head where I just needed to get help. Found a meeting that was 15 minutes away, went to my first meeting. I actually stayed in the parking lot. If I if I remember correctly, I probably went to that meeting once, went in the parking lot, and I think I chickened out and actually didn't go to that meeting. So then I waited a week later, went back to that same meeting, waited in the parking lot, was going to chicken out again. But then I saw, I started seeing a few people walking into the building. So I ended up going to my first meeting, waited out a little bit, waited till there were more people that went. And then, because I didn't want to approach anyone and speak to anybody. There was probably maybe 15, 20 people in there. So I, I sat down and when you go to these meetings, they usually have an introduction. They have someone who starts off and they basically say in the beginning that if you don't feel comfortable speaking, then you could certainly pass. So I went, so at that first meeting, I, I did not want to share at all. I maybe introduced my name and I just said that I wanted to listen. So I continued to go to that meeting week after week and it was probably not until the third meeting that I was brave enough to actually say something. And this was a really good group. I mean, the, the people that were in this room between 15 and 20 people were at varying degrees of longevity as far as attending meetings. There were some people that were brand new like I was. But what I thought that was odd about this particular group is they were they were happy. They seemed happy. They would laugh. And all I felt like doing was crying. So eventually I was able to introduce myself and say a few things. But I noticed that I couldn't really get anything out because as soon as I would say something, I would just have this well of tears and just I would just well up and I would cry. I, I could not get myself to physically speak. And that continued on for a couple of weeks. And they would always say, just keep coming back. But eventually, I would say maybe after a month, there was a woman that I particularly was drawn to who had been in the program for well over 20 years. She had been married, divorced, remarried. And she was the kindest woman. She was definitely the oldest woman in the group and had a lot of experience. Well, she started inviting me, along with a few other women, to join up at the Denny's right after the meetings. And I really took to her. She was really kind. And so when I was finally able to open myself up and start talking, I, I was able to get more words out of my body, certainly, and then be able to share a little bit more of my story. As I was saying, I continued to go to this meeting. I met this woman. Uh, she was the most senior person in this meeting, and she was she seemed so happy, but she was also very personable. And I found that the more I went to these meetings and met up with these ladies after the meeting, I found that I, I felt more comfortable to open up. So what was startling, though, is maybe a couple of months later, uh, this woman 
asked me to lead a meeting. So when I say when you go to a meeting, they usually have someone start the meeting off. And there's usually a person who will be what we call the discussion leader. And she'll do a little bit of a reading. But in this particular meeting, they had that person maybe for the first 10 minutes talk about their personal story. And so she'd asked me if I could tell a little bit about my story as much as what I wanted to disclose. But then there was a topic that we'd pick for the day. It took me a while. It was it was a good exercise for me to gather my thoughts and to think about what I wanted to share with a group and then tying it into whatever topic it was uh, for that day. And I was able to get through most of my story. I did cry, not as much as I had in the past, but I felt that it was quite relieving to be able to talk about my story. Now, this particular woman that I was drawn to, I actually asked her to become my sponsor. So unlike in the AA program and the Al-Anon family group program, because the families tend to put so much stress on themselves and the guidelines with Al-Anon, they tend not to be as strictly enforced as in the AA program. And there's a reason for that. Usually, not always, but most Al-Anon family group members tend to be control freaks, tend to be perfectionists because of the fact they've been living with an alcoholic all of this time They've learned and and have developed to be over-controlling. And so when they come in the meetings, the first thing they have to learn to do is to back off and to have grace and to be kind to themselves. And so if Al-Anon were to take the same tactic as AA, Al-Anon folks would probably never come. So I continue to go to those meetings. I now had a sponsor. We could talk at a little time about what an Al-Anon sponsor does for a person in Al-Anon. But the biggest thing for me is to understand that the Al-Anon family groups became a very safe place for me. I was able to meet a lot of people that were going through the same thing that I had been going through. I was able to talk a little bit more freely about what was going on. Because like I was saying, my husband was in a profession that he didn't want me to share with anyone what was going on in our life. Much less he hadn't even told his own doctor that he was suffering from alcoholism. So if he can't even tell his own doctor it's going to be very difficult for me to even share what's going on with me with anyone else. But one thing that had happened as I continued to go to all these meetings was I noticed that my husband was actually okay with me to go to these meetings. Because one thing that he had had mentioned was he noticed that when I came back from these meetings, I seemed happier. I wasn't as on his, you know, coattails or or as uh, being a nag as I used to be. And it's because I was able to start getting, I was getting some relief from holding all of this stuff in from all these 13, you know, 14 years of understanding that, that my husband was an alcoholic. Now, he may have not admitted that he was an alcoholic, but certainly for me, all the signs were there. Remember, I I was looking at his, at his mother-in-law, and then I could see the similar signs in him as well. So it was really scaring me. And so I, I was projecting out thinking my life would become like hers or his life would become like hers, and then I would have to live with it. So those are the reasons why I ended up coming to to Al-Anon. Okay, well, thanks for sharing that story. And you had mentioned that Al-Anon programs are based, they're based on Alcoholics Anonymous, correct? That's correct. Okay, so is it true that Al-Anon is based on the 12 steps? It is, Mike. So how is that applied? Well, If you were to look at the 12 steps today and you were to put the AA 12 steps alongside with the Al-Anon 12 steps, they're identical with the exception of 
in the AA steps talks about to help other alcoholics. And then, but then the Al-Anon 12 steps says to help others. But other than that, that's the only difference between the two steps. Now, there is a distinction though, from what I have gained to understand between how an alcoholic applies the 12 steps to themselves and then the way that an Al-Anon person applies the 12 steps to themselves. They're really identical. However, there's a distinction. So an an AA person will typically, from what I understand, apply the AA steps to themselves in order to be able to apply the steps in a way that prevents them from drinking. When an Al-Anon person applies the 12 steps to themselves, it's not to prevent themselves from drinking. It's really to prevent themselves from trying to control the alcoholic. And that might be a foreign idea to other people because, but in reality, only an alcoholic can truly stop an alcoholic from drinking. And I deceived myself for many, many years thinking that I could create the bottom for my alcoholic by forcing solutions and trying to everything I could possibly do in order to get him to stop drinking. So that's really the biggest difference. There's another also big difference is from what I understand is an AA person will apply the 12 steps. And when they work through it, they're always being asked, what is their part in it? Because I think a lot of alcoholics, when they come into the program are blaming everybody else. And they are, and there's a lot of denial. And they really don't see their role in, in terms of how alcoholists assume them. And And it's really about when they look and they apply the 12 steps, they're not asked to look at how did other people affect you? You're applying the 12 steps more about how how you affect other people. And so in the Al-Anon program, the reason why I say there's a distinction is we have quite a few people who are what we call double winners, people who are not only alcoholics, but they are also Al-Anoners. And I've learned from these folks how they're able to reconcile the difference between applying the 12 steps as an alcoholic versus applying the steps as an Al-Anon. And the difference is this, like I was mentioning, an AA person applies the 12 steps looking at what was my part in it. But an AA person who goes to an Al-Anon and applies those 12 steps has that opportunity to really delve into how they were affected by someone else's drinking. Because nine times out of 10, if you look at it, I don't know if it's nine times out of 10, but most alcoholics will have had either an alcoholic parent, an alcoholic brother or sister. They themselves have been affected by other alcoholics, whether that was in their upbringing, but certainly once they become sober, they're consumed, they're surrounded by alcoholics. So how do they How do they work their program in such a way that they are able to detach so they're not affected by other alcoholics? But from an Al-Anon perspective, that's all I have. That's all we have is we're always being affected by another alcoholic. So my understanding of AA, step one, step one is I'm powerless over alcohol and my life has become unmanageable. So an Allen honor is somebody who's not alcoholic. So if the steps are the same, how do you apply this step? I'm powerless over alcohol and my life has become unmanageable. So if that's unchanged from AA, 
How would something like that be applied to an Allen honor? That's a good question, Mike. I would say that for me, the way I would apply that is the un- unmanageability comes about that I have no control. We talk about an Allen on the three C's, and there's actually, we talk about four C's that I can't control it. I can't cure it. I didn't create it. But there's one thing I can do. I can contribute to the problem. I've never heard the fourth C. I knew about the three C's, but the contribute part's a new one to me. So when we talk about unmanageability, like I was saying, most Al-Anoners, when they first go to the first meeting, one thing that we discover is we realize that we were trying to control the uncontrollable. And one thing that I learned in Al-Anon is the alcoholic didn't choose to be an alcoholic any more than I chose the alcoholic to be an alcoholic, right? So the alcoholic is the one that has the disease and, and is unable to stop themselves from drinking. Well, how much more for the Al-Anon person who's trying to control the alcoholic who has no control over their drinking? So that's the unmanageability part is learning how to detach. And that's one of the tools that we learn in the program is how do you detach from trying to do that? How do you put yourself in different scenarios when those scenarios come up and you're trying to control the uncontrollable, what can you do to detach so you don't try to control the uncontrollable? So that's the unmanageability is to accept that you cannot control that. Interesting. Interesting. Now, is Al-Anon as big as AA? Are there membership-wise? Are there as many people? What's, what's sort of the numbers that you see as far as Al-Anon meetings compared to AA meetings? I mean, I know these aren't tracked. I know there's no statistics kept on it, but any idea? I don't know, Mike. I, I know that when it comes to Al-Anon, I don't know the number of meetings that are in this local area, uh, but I certainly know what it is for Al-Anon. So in, in this area, the, the D.C. area, metro area, there's about 300 meetings. Oh, I'm sorry. There's about 150 meetings in just this area alone. And then throughout the state of Virginia, there's about 300 meetings. And I, I would think that maybe... I mean, we could go online, but I think that when it comes to AA meetings, there's probably around triple that, I would think. Well, this has pretty been very insightful and, and helpful for me, learning some new things. And I would say that if you have a loved one that is suffering from alcoholism or any other addiction, because there's an anon for just about every addiction that's out there, whether it be sex, whether it be gambling, whether it be eating, they're all out there. I would highly recommend that you reach out online. You know, this information is kept online and reach out for the Al-Anon groups that are out there or any other Anon group and find yourself a meeting to go to and check it out. I mean, the bottom line is that if, if it's not for you, if it's something that you feel uncomfortable with, you don't have to go back again. But I would highly recommend that you check it out for the first time. And Lily, appreciate you joining us here today and talking about Al-Anon and really Look forward to speaking with you again. So with that, thank you very much. If you like what you're hearing, give us a like, give us a follow, and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you very much.